Hey, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining with us for worship today. Uh, I'm so glad to get to uh, to be with you uh, uh, digitally uh, this morning. And uh, uh, I've got a couple of things to share about even that here in just a few minutes. Um, uh, just want to you know make mention. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on right now um, in our world. Uh, a lot of just terrible things uh, with. Uh, all kinds of things, uh, and I, I see forms of racism. I see all I see all sorts of stuff, um, and I, I believe wholeheartedly that we as Christians, and I think we know this as a church, but uh, uh, that we should speak out about things like that. And um, you know, I, I just I want us to be reminded that we're called to be peacemakers, um, and that that's in every form or fashion as a church. So whatever we can do to do that, uh, I think is is of most importance. Um, a lot of times I think we let opinions and things get in the way of that uh, in, in for the sake of being right. Uh, and I'm all about being right, but uh, uh, I just want us to remember that uh, as, a, as a body of people who say that we follow Jesus and he spent his entire ministry giving us what it looks like to go and to love people that are not like us and people that are like us. Um, and I'll just and, and, and this ties in with what I'm talking about today a little bit. Uh, because I'm just, I've been overwhelmed here in the last couple of weeks with just thinking and praying about what God is calling 24 Church to in the days ahead, uh, and that that vision uh, is continuing to unfold here in, in small ways. Uh, but uh, I can't wait to tangibly see some of those things uh, really come to fruition. And so, um, uh, you know, I, we'll, we'll pray about that in just a minute. But I, I want us, I want us to be a praying church in these days. Uh, that uh, that we would be seeking the Lord and asking Him to lead us in these moments when we don't even know what to say, uh, or when we think we know what to say, uh, that we would rely on Him instead of our own wisdom and and those types of things. But uh, um, we're, we're we're we are excited uh, about the things ahead. Uh, and again, we'll, we'll mention I'll mention that here in just a minute. Um, real quick uh, to kind of go along with that um, today, uh, we're talking about. Uh, the subject of loneliness, um, and and to go with that, you know, one of the things that I know uh, has so many folks that I know uh, feeling lonely uh, in this period of time is obviously that they're not getting to see people that they normally see, and and some of those people are our church family, and uh, man, we I I miss I miss you guys, I miss seeing you guys on a regular basis, I miss getting to mess with people, uh, you know, I saw. Uh, one of the, the late, some of the ladies in our church had a Bible study out here in the parking lot the other night. And, uh, you know, it was just amazing uh, just to get to see just them studying God's word together and that kind of thing. And uh, man, I just I long, long to see see that kind of stuff taking place. And uh, and, and it will. Uh, it will take place, and uh, we're looking forward uh, for those days to come. But uh, to, to even just bring up and mention to you, and Ben will give more detail to this later on uh, during the announcements at the end of the service, so make sure you stick around to get some of the details about this. Uh, ben will uh, be sharing about uh, something that we're calling the Breakfast Worship Tour, and that's happening on June the 14th. Yes, that's a Sunday morning uh, where we're, we are, for those that feel comfortable, uh, are going to gather together here, here, believe it or not, at this place uh, in the midst of its craziness uh, outside. 
Um, and we've been we've been trying to figure out what's this look like and, and how's the best way to go about this. And, and even still, some of the details uh, we still have to iron out. But uh, Ben will be sharing a lot with you about that day uh, toward the end of the service today. Uh, but uh, to just make mention of that briefly, I just want to just say uh this is because we long to be together and, and for things even like what I'm talking about today. Uh, you know, and so on June the 14th, we will gather for a parking lot service uh, that will include a breakfast before it, a pancake breakfast. We'll be doing all the things that we can to try to make things safe uh, for everyone. Uh, and then we will have a brief service together there. We will also stream that service so that if you can't be here, uh, we plan to have that service on the internet. It may not be live, but it may be later in the day that we post that for folks that couldn't be here. Uh, not sure about that. I'm not going to lay any of that on our tech guys, uh, right now, but, uh, anyway, we're going to get together. We're going to worship God together. We're going to worship Jesus together and, uh, and get to see one another and, and do so carefully and all that kind kind of stuff. And again, Ben will talk about all that stuff. So uh, he'll brief you on all that. Uh, but then also after the service is over with, one of the things that we want to do is we want to offer for those that are interested and those that feel comfortable to do it uh, in small groups to give tours of what's going on in here. And so uh, that's... I think you'll be excited to get to see some of these things and uh, in person, and uh, and we want you to be able to see some of these things in person. And so, uh, anyway, uh, all that's all that's coming up uh, June the fourteenth. So just make sure you've got that on your calendar. Uh, obviously, again, that's a Sunday morning. Uh, I want to pray uh, over this passage of scripture that we're going to study uh, for just a few minutes this morning, uh, and uh, and let's look at this together. Uh, and and but let's pray and ask God to speak through it to our hearts. Let's do that right now. God, we, we come to you and Lord, we want to wholeheartedly lean in towards you and, and ask that you would give us the wisdom that we need right now through your word an understanding of what, what it's there for, why we have it. Uh, Lord, what you've done, what you called your son Jesus to do on our behalf. Lord, that's a great piece of, of this this morning. And, and Lord, I just pray that you would just speak to our hearts about that. Speak to our hearts about about what it looks like to be lonely, uh, Lord, how we can combat that, Lord, uh, what Jesus did with that. Uh, Lord, thank you so much that we can come to your word uh, for things as, as what seems to be so minimal in our lives, but truth be known, uh, are such huge things and often affect us in such great ways. Uh, God, thank you for giving us ways, uh, Lord, to come to you and to seek uh, guidance, Lord, but comfort uh, Lord, in, in things like this. God, help us. And uh, for anyone, Lord, that is listening, watching right now, God, I pray uh, that if they're struggling with this, God, I pray, Lord, that they would seek you first uh, in this. Lord, thank you uh, for everything you do for us. Thank you especially for sending Jesus for us. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So um, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of folks here in the last little while. Um, and um, in, in many of those conversations, one of the things that comes up is, of course, this, this uh, struggle with loneliness and just missing people. And, and, and I think that's, that's an honest, honest you know, thing to be able to admit that I think is good. Number one, I think it's good to be able to uh, admit weakness and, and be able to share that, especially with fellow believers where uh, you can uh, pray for one another and comfort one another and all those kinds of things. And, uh, and so this 
morning, you know, as I and, and as I've been kind of preparing for this, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about with this specifically uh, was just what is what did it look like for Jesus to deal with that? And uh, and I went hunting around. Uh, I went and listened to other people talking about this in different ways and guys that I really respect. And and honestly, the uh, one of the people that just really just hit home with me and sharing about this was uh, John Piper. John. Piper, pastor uh, up in Minneapolis, uh, he shared uh, about this and uh, and and specifically just what we see Jesus deal with. And so, even honestly, just some of what he shared is this is what I'm what I'm sharing this morning is a little loosely based to some degree in that, uh, just because the passages just spoke to my heart so much. Uh, and so I wanted to share these passages with you today, and I hope that's okay, uh, and I hope that it's helpful. Um, loneliness is a hard thing. And uh, I'm reminded all the time in counseling people and in just quick conversations with people, uh, just how, lo- how how easy it is to fall into uh, loneliness in of itself. Uh, just just a couple of days ago, I, I, I messaged with someone who was just being brutally honest about just how lonely they were, and and you know, and that they they missed friends and they felt like people. Uh, didn't care to invite them and call them uh, into their lives to be a part of their lives and all of that, and that they missed that. And 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 the honest, here's the honest truth: is I think everybody, including myself, everybody has struggled with that at times. Probably now you may be the exception to the rule. Maybe you're the person that says, "No, I'm a." introvert, I want to lock myself in the house, I don't want anything to do with anybody or whatever. Uh, but at the end of the day, the truth is, is that even for those folks that, that don't crave being with people all the time, still, I think, have this common understanding that God created us in need of community. And sometimes, sometimes we may say we don't want it, but sometimes it's what we need. And that's two different things. And I think that we have to see that for ourselves. I think that everybody has to see that we all have a need for other people. I mean, you go back to the very beginning. You go back to Adam, and what does he say? He made a man, and what, what, he, what he say? He said uh, that it wasn't good for him to be alone, you know, and that he created him a companion and all of this. And, of course, you know, from there we have the fall, right? And, and so then that changes so many things, including some of the things that I was just talking about a, a few minutes ago. You know, I, uh, people oftentimes ask me questions like, are you surprised at the things that are happening in the world right now? I'm like, I don't, I don't know that I really am. We live in a fallen world and, and God is going to redeem this thing. You know, he's going to come and he's going to change everything, uh, creating his, you know, as he is doing now, creating his kingdom. Uh, and, and there's so much to be said about that. And so uh, as, as just a piece of that and, and a reminder of even what God is calling us to as 24 as a church and moving forward in the days ahead, uh, I, I'm reminded, I'm reminded of, of you know, when I see in the, in the news this week in Cheatham County that over Memorial Day weekend that four people overdosed. Four people overdosed in our county this past weekend. Now, I, I don't know their stories. I'm not going to pretend to know their stories or anything about their addictions or anything. This is no judgment meant toward them whatsoever. But I'm going to guess that at least one of them probably was struggling with loneliness. And you see, part of the call that we have as the church 
to, to be light to those people is that God would use us in their lives, that they would no longer be lonely, not because not just because they got great relationships or became a part of a great church family, which we long for people to join this church family who feel lonely and need those relationships. That's definitely part of it. But because at the end of the day, we understand something that is true, and that's that, is, that Jesus, Jesus is the rescuer of loneliness from loneliness. I want to to read this passage to you. I think a lot of people would say, well, Jesus doesn't understand anything about loneliness. You know, why why even try? Why even try to look at the Bible? Why try to follow Him? You know, I mean, what's He know about loneliness? Well, glad you asked because we're going to look at it today. This passage, straight, straight up out of the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 26, uh, and we're going to read uh, from, and if you want to you know, follow along with us in your Bible there, Matthew 26, 36 through 46 is what we're going to look at today. And this is this moment where Jesus is just before the officials have come to take him away to be crucified. We have already had the Lord's Supper uh, he's already had communion with his disciples. They've shared the table together. He's explained that to them. Uh, and then he tells of, of Peter's denial. Uh, and then Jesus grabs his, his three main guys and, and he takes them uh, up to uh, this, uh, you know, this place where he can go called Gethsemane for him to pray. I want, I want to read this to you. Verse 36, it says this. It says, then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, set here, while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. So this is Jesus. He's taken again, he's taken the whole crew up up that way, but then he, he picks three of them to go further with him, and and he says, and and taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to feel to be sorrowful and troubled. So Jesus himself had feelings, right? Like I think sometimes we think Jesus was a robot. I mean, this is this is part this is part of the reason why it is so amazing that Jesus would go come and give his life for us. You know, that he would go through the things that he went through for us. It doesn't stop there. Verse 38, it says, Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. I've studied on that before, and I remember I remember learning uh, something that was so crazy about the wording there that like Jesus actually felt like the sorrow that he felt was so great, he felt like it could kill him. Like it was so amazingly heavy in that moment. He says, my soul's very sorrowful, even to death. And then he says to them, remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it is possible to let this cup pass for me, nevertheless, not as I will, but you will. So Jesus goes and he's praying to the father and he's saying, he's saying, father, if there's any other way, I'm totally game right now, but your will be done. Where do we see that? Right there. He says, my father, if it, is, if it be possible, let this cup 
pass for me. He just went over the whole cup and, and you know, the pouring out of his blood, the shedding of his blood uh, for our sake, for our sin, that we might be forgiven, that he would take the death that we deserve as believers, right? And then he goes on, he says, not as I will, but as you will. So he's saying to the Father, if there's any other way, I'm, I'm game, but your will be done. Your will be done. Then it goes on in verse 40 and says, And he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? One hour. So could you not watch with me one hour? He goes back and he finds his disciples that he took up there. These guys, he thought, you know, well, these, these, guys, these guys are going to have my back. You know, they're, they're my boys. You know, this is, we're all in this together. And he's literally feeling like he's going to die with the amount of sorrow that he feels coming on him in this moment. And when he goes back to his guys, they're asleep. They're taking a nap. And he says, watch and pray that you may enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so Jesus gives this little warning right there. And he's just saying, he's saying, look, I know what you want to do, but you're going to have to like really watch yourself to not fall into the very thing that you don't want to do. Then he goes on in verse 42 and he says, again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, my father. If this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So again, Jesus goes, he prays again to the Father. You know, kind of a very similar prayer. He says, my Father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. It's like, if this is what needs to happen, then this is the moment. You, 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 have, this, you have this lined up. This is the plan. I get it. Your will be done. And in verse 43, he comes back and he finds them sleeping again. Verse 44. So leaving them again, he went away and he prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and he said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And so at this point, Jesus, you know, says, you know, it's, it's all going down. And in this moment, we have seen a couple things. We've seen Jesus with his main guys, right? And yet his main guys can't even, can't even hang with him through this like incredibly special moment in time. Did they really completely understand exactly what was going on? Probably not. We'll give them that, right? You know, but at the end of the day, Jesus is also asking them. Of course, he's asked a lot of them along the way, uh, but he's asking them to be with him. Keep watch, you know, kind of a thing. And then right after this passage is when Judas shows up with the officials and they arrest Jesus to take him away. Now, we're not going to read that, but in the midst of all of that, we've got a couple things to, to add to the list. Going back to what we've already read, we've got his guys who can't seem to hang. They just keep falling asleep. So they kind of don't have his back. And in number two, we've got one of his 12 guys who've been with him all this time who he knew was going to do this, but still, nonetheless, I would say that 
the hurt was probably still no less great uh, in the fact that Judas would come and basically sell him out to the officials that they would come and arrest him and take him away uh, for a bag of silver. Then, if you go to the end of that passage later on in this, uh, in uh, uh, verse 56 of Matthew 26, you have this. It says, But all this has taken place that the Scriptures and the prophets might be fulfilled. Now, we know that. We know that this was the plan. We knew that from the get-go. We read this in Isaiah. We read this all over Scripture. It's all pointing toward Jesus. It's all pointing toward His sacrifice. But then, then it says this, and it says, Then all... All the disciples left him and fled. Left him and fled. So, let's recap. Three years, three years of ministry, he's been traveling around. And he's been pouring into 12 guys that are going to be like his guys. And these are the guys that are going to have his back. Never going to, you know, I mean, you know how it is? Roll with your posse, right? You know? And, and these guys are the guys that when it all comes down, they can't stay awake. They can't turn down money to turn him in. And in the end, when they have finally turned him in, they all run away. They all run away. They all flee. Jesus, of all people, ever in creation understands loneliness. He gets it. He understands it. He sympathizes with it. You say, Chris, you're going a little far far with the sympathizing. No, I don't think I am. And here's why I don't think I'm going too far with the sympathizing, because we have in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, verse 15, I want to read this to you. It says this, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. And then in verse 16, it goes on and says, let us then draw, let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus understands. Jesus understands. That song, Only the Lonely, comes to mind. You know, lonely people understand lonely people, right? If you've ever been lonely for a period of your life, you understand. You understand that you you don't want people to hurt like that. You don't want people to feel that way. There was a moment in time when we moved, I've talked about this before, we moved to uh, uh, an area in Kentucky for just about six months where uh, I, did, I, you know, I was new. I had lived uh, where I had lived uh, all my life in Princeton, Kentucky, and then we made this move. I was 12 years old, and we made this move. And uh, when we made that move, of course, junior high is tough enough, right, for any kid. And we made this move, and suddenly I didn't have any of my friends I grew up with, and at a new school, and all these things, and you know, just looking for friends again, all over again, like starting all over in life, looking for friends. And man, I was lonely. And I'll just be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't make hardly any friends. That moment of time, didn't have many friends. I let, I let the Cocker Spaniels that, that uh, we had at that time lick the tears off my face in the afternoons when I would come home from school. I was lonely. i got to tell you something. 
God used that in my life. He used that in my life that that as as when we moved down to Middle Tennessee and you know planted roots into this area and that kind of thing. That even even through high school, I, I found myself looking for people that I thought were probably lonely, probably being left out. And then as as God called me into ministry and as a youth pastor, I found I found myself as the youth pastor who was looking for those kids that kind of didn't belong at times. You know, and like trying to figure out ways how to connect with that kid, you know, talk to them about this. You know, are you interested in that? Oh, I don't know anything about that. Well, tell me all about it. Tell me, teach me about that. You know, I want to hear about that, you know, uh, you know, and, 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 and so I, I look at, I look at what God allowed me to go through and I, and I, I believe with all my heart, it was awful. It was a hard moment. It was nothing like what Jesus went through. It was a hard moment in time, but you know what? God used that in my life to want me to have my heart changed, to feel that pain that I might be about kingdom work in bringing others to Him that they might also be rescued from loneliness. That's what God is calling us to today. God is calling us to rescue others from loneliness. But, but, before, we, but before we put our Superman capes on, before we put our Batman cows on, Let's, let's, let's remember something. We can be great friends to people, and we can definitely help people feel better in times of loneliness, but we, we are not their rescuers. Jesus is the rescuer of loneliness. What, what did it say right there in that last verse? It said in verse 16, Hebrews 4, it said, Let us then with confidence, I love that, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We have the keys right there. That if we have Christ, if we know Him as our Savior, we too can draw with confidence to the throne of grace and receive His mercy and find grace in those moments, as it says, in in time of need. Jesus wants to comfort and He wants to bring care and love and all of these things that we need. He wants to give us a belonging. You see, Jesus didn't just just take off and just say, you know, well, good luck with all of it. Here's what you need to do. He he calls us to be a part of His church. What does that mean? That's That's not talking about bricks and mortar and wood and concrete and all that stuff it's 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 talking it's talking about the body of believers it's talking about us we are the church and we're called to be a part of this with one another in community with one another and and that's why some of us right now I know are feeling lonely is we're missing that and that's okay that's a good thing to realize that we miss that. It's a good thing to realize that we need that. May we, in times like this, draw near to the throne of grace that we would see and understand that God wants to give us mercy and give us grace just in this moment to help care for us. He's calling us to that. 
And he's giving us that today as, as something for us to cling to with him in, in such a great time of need. And, and you may say, well, Chris, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I've, I've, been, I've been staying, you know, you know, in touch with people and even seeing somebody or uh, some folks or, you know, whatever. And I've been remaining close to the Lord. Well, then let me encourage you in this way. May God use you. May God use us. Not just now during a COVID-19 quarantine, all right? May, but may God use us in the days ahead to be the people that He calls and uses to help heal others of their loneliness. The reason that I, I wanted to uh, preach, teach from this place in the building uh, is because I noticed something the other day. I noticed... Uh, the other day when I was walking through this area, if you notice, we, we've taken down a wall right here. We've opened up uh, some of the foyer and we've taken into one of the classrooms here. There's still going to be a classroom there. It's a little smaller. Uh, and, uh, and, but I noticed something after the wall had been moved and I really hadn't thought anything about it. I hadn't thought years about it. In years I haven't thought about this. And I was just strolling through here one day. I was leaving. I think it was after maybe we'd even taped one of the messages or whatever. And I looked down at the floor, and I saw, of course, where, you know, we've painted the floors, but we painted the floors after the walls were up and that kind of thing. And I saw blue tape. And there is blue tape on this floor. And, you know, this blue tape wouldn't be meaningful to almost anybody. You just go, okay, there's some blue tape there. What's the big deal? It suddenly, like, hit me. It, like, rushed back to me. That blue tape is from, I can't even remember how long we've even been in the building, but I mean years and years and years and years ago. We came into this building and it was just one big open warehouse with nothing in it. It was just bare. And one night we came up here, the whole church, we came up here, the whole church body came up here. And before we had everybody come up here, we we're going to have a night of prayer in here. And before we came up here, uh, some of us came in here and we taped off where all the rooms were going to be. And where all the rooms were going to be, we had this blue tape and then we put candles all around them so that everybody could come in here and, and see for themselves, be able to walk through and imagine what this was going to look like for us to worship in, for us to teach kids about Jesus in, all of these things. And that's where that blue tape is from. That blue tape is from all those years ago. And it just became this reminder to me of just how important it is for us to not lose sight of what God has called us to. And that we wouldn't give up praying, even in the midst of all this craziness going on, and even in the midst of maybe me, myself feeling lonely, or you yourself feeling lonely, that we could understand and see that God can use us even in these moments to minister to others that maybe the number of people that OD next Memorial Day weekend could be lower because we are active as light for the sake of the kingdom of God that we're loving others and including them into our lives. That instead of waiting for a phone call to be included, we are inviting others to come in to our lives and into our church family. That blue tape, that blue tape will be gone before long. I'm sure, because all these floors will be sanded and cleaned and resealed and all those things, and that'll be nice. But I'm glad I saw that tape, 
And I really felt like when I saw that tape, God spoke to my heart and said, Chris, we have to continue to pray that God would continue to use us as His church, as His light in this community. We can't give that up. We just can't. It's what we're called to do. It's what our life is about. And may we in the days to come never give up or stop doing that. May we remember, yes, there are moments where we will have struggles and things like loneliness might come on us, but may we be reminded that Jesus is the rescuer of all things, including loneliness, reminding us that we can receive mercy and find grace as we with confidence draw near to Him, our Creator. Jesus, too, was lonely. But He also is our Savior. May we put all of our trust in Him. May we find our joy in Him. May we lean in on Him to bring us through moments like this. Let's pray together. God, lead us as Your church to be the people You've called us to be. God, help us to overcome the things that we're struggling with right now and, the, and, and, and remind us that You'll be with us in the days ahead. God, not only, not only do You sympathize with us, but Lord, thank You for Your promise that You never leave us, that we are never alone. God, thank You for that. And God, may we be reminded as a church family today, God, that we together are never alone and that we have one another. God, thank You for all that You've done for us. Thank You for sending Jesus, not only to die for us, but to live and sympathize with us in our struggles and our sin. God, use us for Your glory. We ask this in Your Son's name. Amen.